0: Welcome to the Silver Screen Podcast. My name is Jared Boomer.
1: And I'm Katie Ganey. This is a podcast about movies and pop culture.
0: And Katie, how are you today?
1: Jared, I'm doing okay. I We had a sad event in Dayton this week, to say the least. Um, the mass shooting did happen. It was very, very close to me much too close for comfort. But I have to say, it has been a very interesting week filled with ups and downs. But I actually am really proud of living here and um, proud of the community. So it's definitely improved since last weekend.
0: Well, that's good. Yeah, you were telling me before we started recording that people where that shooting took place, people have kind of flocked to that area and are supporting the businesses there and everything. So really, just a strong sense of community right now in Dayton, which is really cool to see.
1: Yeah, so, it's been very nice. I'm I'm really proud to be a resident here. So it's I, I wasn't doing so well on Sunday, but it's definitely gotten better. So thank you for asking.
0: Well, great. So today we are going to be reviewing The Fast and Furious present Hobbs and Shaw. This is episode number 16, and we're going to get into that in just a minute. But we had one little piece of news to talk about before we get started with our review. And that is the Emmys, which are coming up on September 22nd on fox have announced that they will not be having a host this year so there'll be no host for the emmys kind of like the oscars did they said this will give them about 20 more minutes to focus on celebrating the tv shows that were released and more time to do some other things in the show because they won't have a host monologue obviously so i just wanted to get your thoughts on the, the emmys going without a host this year and how that'll kind of follow suit for the oscars
1: yeah. I, Jared, I think you're like breaking news for me. Cause you always tell me, I mean, I know you told me this earlier today, but I, I don't know how you find these things out. I feel like I hear about who's getting divorced and who's pregnant in the celeb world, but I'm not as good about the hosting stuff, but the
0: industry stuff. <laughs> yes.
1: But I'm, I'm surprised by this, but at the same time, you know what I immediately thought was, I wonder if they're going to do this for all the shows this year and just not have hosts and see how yeah, it goes. Yeah,
0: I don't know, because they could do it for the Oscars. I mean, they've done it before. Mm. They could do it for, I don't think the Grammys needs a host at all. If we were going to get rid of any host no. for any awards show, the Grammys should be. But some of the past Emmys hosts, last year we had Michael and Colin Jost do it. And then the year before that was Stephen Colbert then Kimmel. Andy Sandberg, Seth Myers, and Neil Patrick, Neil Patrick Harris. Those have been the last couple of Emmys hosts. So and I thought Shay and Jost did okay. I didn't think they were great, but um they were fine, you know, doing the Emmys on NBC. So it's interesting that Fox has said, now we're not gonna do we're not gonna have a host this year. And I guess because it is normally so if you don't know what the Emmys, because it's celebrating TV, to keep it fair, they have it on a different major network every year, so they'll just rotate the networks. So this year it's Fox's turn to have the Emmys and Fox with their Emmy hosts, because they don't have any like late night TV shows or anything has always kind of been a little lacking. Like last time was Sandberg when they had it on Fox. And then before that it was Jane Lynch who hosted the Emmys. And then before right. that it was Ryan Seacrest. So those are the last like couple hosts that have done it on Fox, but they know they don't really have like a good comedian type person that could host. So I wonder if they were just like, might just be easier to go without a host this year. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I do know what you mean. And I, I actually agree. I think they're, it gives them more time to focus on what they're actually there for. And I, I truly don't think as a viewer, even though you and I love film and TV so much, I don't think it matters to me either way. I'm kind of like, I don't care. I want to watch it. And I don't have cable, but like I'm going to watch it back and I'm going to tape things and stuff. But I don't care if there's a host.
0: Yeah, I don't really either. So I'm interested to see that coming up in September. And the Emmys, yeah. I think the biggest problem the Emmys has is that part in the middle where they... I forget which one they do first. Either they do drama or comedy first. I can't remember. But then the middle is always like mini series, miniseries, docu- something else and something else. And it's like that part just drags on for like... Forever. I don't know if you feel that way, yeah. but like supporting actress in a miniseries and you're like, I didn't watch any of these. And then you have so many awards in the, in the miniseries category that it just loses me there before we get back into like the comedy or drama aspect of yeah, it.
1: Yeah. And I was going to say, this is stupid. My timing is off now, but uh, I was going to say the host doesn't matter to me unless they ask me, of course, in which case <laughs> I will be like, oh, absolutely. It's an honor. And then I'll tell all my family and friends, but I don't think they're going to ask so.
0: Probably not. Since we're a month out, they're probably going to just uh, just right. go hostless. So well, I'm right. sure we'll talk about the Emmys when they are uh, well, after they happen on September 22nd. The nominees came out a few weeks ago, but I'm sure on here we'll give a little rundown of stuff that happened during the Emmys or big shows that won. Because we like TV on this podcast just as much as we like movies. You and I both watch a decent yeah. amount of TV shows. So I'm sure Game of Thrones will and just win everything, gonna... though. So let's just yep. call and it you,
1: out. You bet I'm going to bring up uh, the fact that Richard Madden was snubbed.
0: Yes, I know he was snubbed. So uh,
1: that's my that's my movie, my TV boyfriend. So
0: <laughs> so that's the Emmys again coming up on September twenty second on Fox. Also, apologies, I am still getting over a little bit of a cold, so my voice still sounds a little weird for this for this episode. So almost over it though. So just wanted to give you a heads up in case you like his voice sounds weird. Yeah, it does. I, I think you cold. sound great. Well, thank you. Let's go ahead and get into. Hobbs and Shaw. This was released on August 2nd. Rated PG-13 for action and violence, suggested material, and some strong language. There is a lot of language in this movie for a PG-13. I don't know how you felt about that, but I was like, man, there's a lot of language in this movie for, for a PG-13. I don't,
1: <laughs> I don't know if this is telling about me or not, but I don't know that I noticed very okay. much. Well, it didn't,
0: <laughs> it I mean, didn't you haven't, bother me. You haven't seen the other like Fast and the Furious movies, True. correct? So True. I feel like there was just more language in this one than some of the other ones in the in the franchise. So that was just my thought, but that's just a side. Uh, So it's two hours and 17 minutes at the box office. It has made $193 million so far as of August 7th. Um, It is... Going to probably it's already eclipsed Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift for worldwide gross, but it'll probably finish somewhere in the middle of the list. Uh, Furious Seven, the highest-grossing movie in the franchise with one point five billion dollars, arguably probably one of the better movies in the franchise too, and these do really well overseas. I don't know what it is about them. Obviously, The Rock is kind of an international star, and um, so that helps out. But these really do well across across over the seas, um, and they're really big in like China and Japan and places like that so they always make usually more money overseas than in the US which I think is interesting cuz normally you don't you don't see that
1: Well, I was going to say, too, I did solve the mystery just since we're talking about the franchise. I did ask my boyfriend if he was kidding or not when he always brings up Fast and the Furious. And apparently he does actually like them, but he is (laughs) he doesn't want to admit it, but he is aware they're not Oscar gold. Okay. Um, but I will say I hadn't seen any of the ones leading up to this, but I don't think it actually detracted from the experience overall. And I really did enjoy this. It did make me want to watch some of the others I've seen moments from each of the others but i have just not sat and watched all of them all the way through before
0: uh-huh that makes sense so i would say if you're gonna watch yeah. a couple furious seven is really is really good um you know the highest grossing one of all time uh fast five is pretty good too um those two are probably my favorites in the series so fast five has your girl gal Gadot in it too so she, she's <gasps> so i out. need to
1: see that one i didn't know so that's your favorite fast five
0: i like fast five um I like the the Fast or the Fate of the Furious was not bad either. The last couple have been pretty good, like five, six was OK, seven and eight are pretty solid. Um, but like you said, you don't really need to see one before you see the next one. All of them have, kind of have like an encapsulating story and they don't really connect too much other than the fact that they're all just Fast and Furious movies and have a similar cast. But each one, they're kind of, you know, taking on a different task or whatever. So it's not like they really Did connect it- too much.
1: Was Paul um in Paul Walker in all of them?
0: Um, he was in up until I forget which one, but it's either six or seven it was the first one without him, I think. So mm. he is in fast five, but I do not believe um he passed away sometime soon after I think that one was made. so
1: wow, well, okay, and
0: they tribute him in the one that is right after that, which I think is fast six. I'm not sure. I'm looking up right now. So he was in fast six. So seven, Fast and Furious seven was the first one that he was not, not in. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So they, he's in that movie just a little bit, but that was after he um, passed away. So mm. I think so that's very sad. But Furious uh, seven, that's where we got the famous uh, Wiz Khalifa and Charlie Puth song "See You Again."
1: So oh, that's right.
0: Yes, that so that plays in Fast Seven. So and that one's really good. Um, and does have a lot of like good action, but it also is heartfelt, too, because of Paul Walker's passing, and they handled that in a really good way in that movie, and I think good. honor him really well. So
1: Good. Well, I'll, I'll stay tuned. After I watch all the... Now I've done all the Avengers, then I will do... Excuse me, Marvel... Then I will do all the James Bonds. And then in 12 years, when I catch up, I'll watch all the Fast and the Furious movies.
0: Wonderful. So you can check those out. Yeah. So so this one, I'm going to read you the synopsis real quick. Ever since Hawking Hulk- Lawman Hobbs, played by Johnson, a loyal agent of America's diplomatic security service, and Wallace outcast Shaw, played by Statham, a former, a former British military elite operative, first faced off in 2015's Furious 7, the duo have swapped smack talk and body blows as they've tried to take each other down. But when cyber genetically enhanced anarchist Brixton, played by Idris Elba, gains control of an insidious bio threat that could alter humanity forever and best a brilliant and fearless rogue MI6 agent that crowns Vanessa Kirby, who just happens to be Shaw's sister, these two sworn enemies will have to partner up to bring down the only guy who might be badder than themselves. So I guess I should mention that too for you, Katie, because some of the other Fast and Furious movies, once Jason Statham shows up, they kind of go against each other, The Rock and Jason Statham and those couple... Um, oh. and then in this one they're kind of teaming up so that's that's kind of the difference So
1: I see you know what's funny about this synopsis is <laughs> I feel like they tried to make this movie sound really complex whereas when we did like Toy Story and other things that are really heartfelt it was just like toys band together
0: <laughs> I know they are really trying figure, hard with the synopsis yeah, to sell this it Yeah that's when they're
1: like no let's really let's you know bulk this up so it sounds impressive
0: <laughs> Just the fact that it starts with hulking wallman Hobbs played by Johnson like yes we know he <laughs> has muscles thank you yeah, He you is can the just rock
1: Hobbs played by Dwayne The Rock Johnson.
0: Yes So, this one is directed by David Leitch. Um, He has directed a few other things. He co directed John Wick and directed Atomic Blonde and Deadpool 2. Um, But he has been a stunt coordinator or involved with stunts on movies since the 90s. He was actually one of Brad Pitt's stunt doubles in Fight Club, which is very cool. So, So kind of a connection to our last episode, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But he's done stunt coordination for a while. And so, I think it makes sense for him to direct these action movies because he obviously knows what he's doing doing when it comes to the action and i thought that this was uh you know directed fine obviously like we've said these aren't setting out to win oscars or win awards or anything they're just supposed to be fun summer movies and i think he directed it pretty well for for what it is
1: yeah absolutely
0: i would agree with you so next let's get into the cast um you're going to kind of handle that but we have some obviously big stars in this one so let's let's start it off with the rock
1: Yes, some great stars, but it's also nice because it was a pretty limited cast. There's definitely cameos and things. Yeah, but I, like, it was. I like it's not too complicated. It was
0: really just Hobbs, Shaw, <laughs> and then like Hattie and Brixton, where you're kind of main four that you were kind of following the whole time. So that is nice that it was smaller.
1: Agreed. So first, as you mentioned, we have Dwayne the Rock Johnson. He plays Hobbs. Of course, he is known for being a WWE wrestler. But the movies he's best known for are the Fast and the Furious franchise, Jumanji, the new one, Moana, Hercules, The Scorpion King. Um, And it looks like he has eight movies coming out that are in some kind of production phase right now, either pre or post.
0: (laughs) Which is crazy.
1: That is insane. That's even more than Tom Holland. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he went. Crazy. Um, I read that he went right from filming Jungle Cruise, which comes out, I think, next year, to filming this. Like, uh-huh. photography, like, filming started on this, and they did like a week or two of Dang. filming without The Rock, and then he showed like right after Jungle Cruise was done, he showed up and filmed this. So you can let's say one thing about The Rock that says he has a insane work ethic, and he is constantly working and filming stuff, and so he's definitely not taking really any time off like ever.
1: Yeah. Well, it seems like next he's going to be doing um, the next Jumanji, a follow up to, of course, Jumanji, and that'll be out later this year. Um, Then after that, we have Jason Statham, who is Shaw. He is, of course, an English hunk. I quite like his style. Um, He is best known for the movie Transporter, Crank, Expendables, Spy, The Meg, and Spy 2 is coming down the pipeline, but they haven't given us a release date yet.
0: Yeah, I thought Spy was pretty good with Melissa McCarthy and him in it. I thought that was...
1: what I was going to say. Out of those, the ones that are listed, the big ones, Spy is the only one I've seen, but I actually really liked that one, too. And then the next one, I'm very excited about this one, and we can get that crush alert button ready. Vanessa Kirby. (gasps) I love Vanessa Kirby. She plays Hattie in this. She is like we stated earlier. She is Jason Statham's sister in the film. Um, she is in one of my favorites, Jared. About time she plays Joanna. She's hilarious and kind of like a ditzy, strange friend of <laughs> Rachel McAdams. But I thought that was the first thing I'd seen her, and I do think it was her first like American specific film, and she was a riot in it and really stood out. She also um, is in The Crown. That's on Netflix. You can watch that now. She is also in Mission Impossible Fallout, and she has three films in pre-production. So we're definitely going to see more of her. I I need to- yeah, go ahead.
0: I need. To, I was going to say I need to watch The Crown because I. Me I've, too. I've tried to start it and I stopped it, and I probably need to start it again. I did the
1: exact same thing. I actually had a friend recently get super upset with me because <laughs> I hadn't finished The Crown, and they're like, "That just doesn't seem like you." Because apparently, anything English people are like associate that. Katie with me. will be
0: watching that, <laughs>
1: right? And that is true. It is really out of character. It's off brand for me to okay. not be watching The Crown. It's just that I did the same thing. I started it, and then something distracted me. And then I just forgot to go back. So it's definitely on my list. In fact, I'm going to write a little post-it reminder. But um, Vanessa Kirby is in that. And she was just, I loved her in this. Um, we, that's in my likes column. But we'll, we'll get into it. But she just looked fabulous. And I think that they picked a very, that was a really good selection for the main female. And then lastly, of our main people, we have Idris Elba. He plays Brixton, the villain. Um, we know him from so many things. People love him. He is in Dark Tower, Molly's Game. The animated Jungle Book, Mandela: Long Walk to Freedom, The Wire, The Office, and then also the British television series Luther, which I do think I haven't seen lately, but it was on Netflix. If it's not still there, so I knew him from that, from all of those things. But he's really good at playing a villain, I must say. He, he was good. Also,
0: uh, a music career as well. So yes, he for likes real. to DJ. Uh, he DJs like random music festivals sometimes. I forget. Yeah. He's- DJ name. I was trying to. Look I can't it up.
1: remember, but he was just. I watched him on an interview, and he said he was going to Ibiza literally every weekend. He is flying there <laughs> and DJing, and I think it was on James Corden, and he was like, "Oh, what a bad gig for you! Like that, you have to go to like the party capital of the world every weekend to DJ." So apparently, his um, and then there were some is, other.
0: Is big driz or big driz the Londoner, oh, but he DJed at Coachella okay. this year. So,
1: yeah, he likes to yes. DJ,
0: which is very weird.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's super cool. I'm going to have to tell my friend Bill because he is a big DJ in Indianapolis. And is yeah, good get Bill it, so. and
0: Idris Elba to DJ together. Yeah. That would, that would be very cool. I'm going to mention it. <laughs>
1: um, I'm sure the connection that that Bill knows us like these the, as podcasters will get Idris interested. And we
0: obviously know Idris Elba. So, I mean, right. we just got to so put them together.
1: <laughs> name drop all over the place. And speaking of the other cast, too, because um, we said there was quite a, quite a big cast. I loved seeing Helen Mirren in this um iliana sua i'm not familiar with uh eddie marzin isa um isa i believe isa gonzalez i've she's been in baby driver and a couple other things but i know she's in a couple movies coming out later this year too uh joa anoa that's a wrestler called roman reigns and he's also the rock's cousin and then of course the big cameos of the film besides to me helen Mirren was the big one uh ryan reynolds and also kevin hart
0: Yes, So it so. was quite
1: a quite a good cast and I think most of those people were going to see again anyway, but they definitely added a lot to the film, I thought.
0: They did. I thought Olena um, Sua, who plays The Rock's daughter, she was pretty good in her couple scenes, um, especially her scene with Ryan Reynolds when they're kind of going back and forth. That was pretty funny. And then Joe Anoya, yeah. um, who is Roman wrestler Roman Reigns, I thought he was really good as The Rock's uh, brother. I think it's his brother when they get to Samoa um, and he has the car Dad. shop and he owns the custom cars and every like works on custom cars i just thought his acting was like really good and he was one of the standouts to me as far as like you know from an emotion standpoint delivering some emotion that and the lady that played the rocks uh mom i thought she was good too she was
1: really good and i i didn't think i'd seen her before yeah his brother i meant to look him up because i definitely knew him i kind of think well, I just need to double check, so I can I can say that later in the episode, but I okay. definitely know him from something, and after I saw the movie, I was like, I've got to look that up, and then I forgot, so I'll find that and keep you updated. Good to know. So, But next... I loved the daughter. She was adorable. Yeah,
0: she was great. She's not in it too yeah. long, but she is really mm-hmm. good, and it's hard like, to get like super good kid actors, but the last two movies we've done, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and then uh, Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw, have both had yeah. good kid actors in them, so... Well done, kids. Get that money. Here you go. Uh, <laughs> next up, we're just going to quickly hit some critics reviews. Critics are pretty mixed on this movie. It's got a 7 out of 10 on IMDb. 66% critics score on Rotten Tomatoes, so it is fresh. Anything over a 60 is fresh. And then 89% audience. So the audience is really liking this a lot more than the critics. And I think sometimes, too, critics with these type of movies are like, looking too deep into them and not just accepting them for what they are. And I think that's where some of these get lower critics scores than audience scores, because the audience knows you and me know, when we go to this, we're not going to see like Oscar winning performances. We're just going to see some action and, uh, you know, cool stunts and things like that. So I think Definitely. the critics, the critics sometimes like look too far into it for, for these types of movies. But, Four quick critics reviews. First up, a couple that are rotten. Um, Richard Roper from the Chicago Sun-Times. He did not like this movie at all. He said the cardboard standees of these guys in movie theaters across the world will have just as much depth. That is that is a harsh review right there from Richard Roper, who has been doing movie reviews for quite a while. So
1: Jeepers. Not yeah. a fan. Not a no. fan.
0: Uh, Katie Walsh from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, I liked hers. She said, while director David Leitch, a former stuntman who helmed John Wick and at Atomic Blonde, cooks up some truly breathtaking action sequences and stunts, some moments lose their crisp clarity. I think that's a good summary right there. Of
1: the that movie. was actually my favorite of the critics things that that you found. That was my favorite one because I thought that really perfectly summed it up for me.
0: Uh, next up, we have Alan Adams from The Main Edge. He says, Hobbs and Shaw is big and dumb, yes, but it's also undeniably entertaining, even if you're not quite sure why any of this is even happening. And really, <laughs> is there a more apt representation of the summer blockbuster?
1: Yeah, that's also a very good observation.
0: It is. Once we get into our likes and dislikes, I also have a category just for observations where I'm just going to share things <laughs> that happened in the movie that we're weird or didn't make sense so i kind of have
1: one of those two i just put it in the (laughs) dislikes column but i completely agree
0: (laughs) and then finally matthew rosa from salon.com said it's a thoroughly fun action comedy that delivers exactly what it promises and if the screening i attended is any indication kids will love it and i was trying to think there wasn't granted i saw this in the middle of the afternoon and school has started now here so there wasn't too many kids in my screening but i know katie you went at night so were there were there kids in your theater See
1: this? Um, there weren't kids, but it was almost sold out last night. I went last night. Um, okay. And I was surprised and we went to... On a weeknight, yeah. Was, yeah, I think it was... But it was discount day, so I always expect there's going to be more people, but that was one of the only films I've been to on discount day that was almost sold out. Okay. Um, except Lion King was, for sure. Yes. Um, but anyway, yeah, we were near the front row because we had we had decided to switch to a later showing. Um. Anyway, I, I may or may not have gone to the wrong theater the first time. <laughs> it's not a big deal because we... <laughs> It's I've like been that's switching back before. and forth between two theaters. Yeah, but I I was so distracted. I actually was thinking yesterday about what had happened on Sunday, and I was distracted and I was kind of sad. And then I went to the theater, and then I was like, "Oh, no one's here from my group." And then, I because I went with some friends too, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, I know why they're not here." So they were kind <laughs> enough to figure out, like, "Oh, let's push the tickets back." But then we were in the front, so
0: oh okay, it was
1: my fault. But they're sweet people. Well, that's good. Um, yeah. So I, I wanted to tell you, I'm, I found the character I was talking about. It was okay. his brother, but you were, I think you were talking about a different brother. Cause he had several. Yes. But, uh, the rocks brother Jonah, who was the mechanic in the film. Yes. Um, he is played by a gentleman called cliff Curtis. Okay. And I could not think of what I'd seen him in, but cliff Curtis has been in two films. I've really liked. He's had small parts in them, but, um, one is fracture with Anthony Hopkins okay. and Ryan Gosling. And I, Freaking love that movie, and then the other one that I love—he's in a movie that was in 2003 called *Runaway Jury*, and it has um, Dustin Hoffman, John Cusack, Rachel Weisz. Um, but he has a small role in that as well. So I couldn't, but I just could not figure out how I knew him. But those are the two movies that I watch over and over that he's in.
0: Cool. Yeah, yeah. I thought the the once we got to Samoa, all the actors that were in that part of the film were all pretty good. So that was really cool to see. So, yes. Next up, we'll get into some of our likes and dislikes for this movie. Um, one of the likes is that the this movie has extremely likable characters, besides, you know, obviously Idris Elba, because he's the villain. But anytime The Rock is on screen, I think he is one of the most charismatic actors in acting today. I mean, he just lights up a screen when he's on screen, and people just love his charisma and his th- enthusiasm and, and everything like that. So I think any movie with The Rock in it, you're going to get that. And I thought... Um, that they were very, both Hobbs and Shaw were both likable in this movie too. And uh, Vanessa Kirby, who plays Hattie.
1: I think you are 100% correct. That was probably my number one thing I thought of because I went into this knowing this wasn't going to be like an Oscar-worthy film, but I did think it would be likable, but I didn't anticipate liking it this much or liking the characters. And I thought of the the moments I've seen from the various Fast and the Furious, I think some of those people take themselves too seriously or they're yep. trying to be really do really dramatic acting when they're either not good at it or it doesn't really call for that. The script doesn't. And I felt like The Rock and Jason were both a really good balance of of being serious, but also like kind of just knowing their place, like understanding what this film is about and who the intended audience is. So I absolutely agree with you. And I thought Vanessa Kirby was a phenomenal choice for the sister. And it was believable that she was so strong-willed, but she was also gorgeous. I feel like they didn't even have to put makeup or anything on her because she is just a stunning woman
0: yes and I liked too how she just had she had some action sequences of her own or she was involved in action sequences with the two guys just as much as they were so they did a really nice job of including a strong female character in this which I thought was was good so sometimes these Fast and Furious movies they just play up females for you know like looks and appearance and things like that and here we have one that is actually using a female as a you know a plot to move the plot along but also to really um, be a strong character in this and show that she can hold her own, which I thought was good. So Yeah,
1: I couldn't have said it better myself.
0: Did like Vanessa Kirby. Uh, The cameos in this, they were pretty good. I liked Ryan Reynolds more than Kevin Hart. I'm not a huge Kevin Hart fan. I've said that before. I know.
1: I could tell, but I I agree.
0: When he showed up on that airplane, I was just like, ugh. Kevin Hart. Man. I actually
1: laughed, but I feel like he is one of those people that kind of does the same thing over and over. It's like yeah. a pony. I think he's funny. I get that he's short, but I'm like, how many times have I heard this shtick? Yeah,
0: I did laugh at like t- I think two or three of his little jokes he had during that sequence. I like yeah, snickered I at them, too. so I, I was like, too. okay, that was fine. But Ryan Reynolds was obviously um, a lot funnier in his kind of part at the beginning, and then he's back in the diner like later in the movie, and he's like, "Uh, there's nobody here. I think yeah. I think it's closed." And then he he shows up again <laughs> during a credit scene which is which is funny too. So um you also yeah. said that you really enjoyed the the fashion choices in this movie.
1: I did well I'm mainly talking I, about. I'm talking about two specific things Vanessa okay. Kirby for one and the rocks um, tight
0: t-shirts
1: yeah no no no. I actually <laughs> so interestingly enough I mentioned that because last night I was telling Arjun that I wasn't going to have a crush alert for all of these people only yes. because I completely see how the rock and Jason and Idris are super good looking men I get it they're just not well specifically Jason and the rock are not typically people I would be attracted to because there's almost too much muscle yeah um, I know some people are gonna listen and roll their eyes and then some people are gonna be like yeah I get it but I feel like when you can't put your arms fully down and it looks like you have several winter coats on <laughs> it's just it's that's, that's too much for me so I I think they're very attractive but they're just not my type but um, Idris is definitely closer to what I'm I'm looking for but again he's married and I'm just not interested but what I loved the fashion choices specifically at the beginning this is twofold. Something I loved the first, the very first scene when we see the two men, they wake up. So it's Hobbs and Shaw. You get to see how different their lifestyles are. So like they both have eggs, but one is making like either a frittata or a really like beautiful like presentation. Yeah, I think and,
0: Jason Statham is that, and the rock yeah, just drinks rock right, right just out of drinking,
1: the cup. Yeah, the yolks or whatever. <laughs> and I just thought it, it, I loved, but they were getting dressed, and their choices are just different. But Jason Statham, whoever did the costuming just did such a good job of really like explaining that like British style that is so appealing to me. So that just stood out to me and also Vanessa Kirby's entire wardrobe, but especially the floral red and green and black dress I loved.
0: And then I think both you and I enjoyed um, Idris Elba as a villain as Brixton. I thought he was pretty good. He was pretty menacing, obviously has this whole like kind of I don't know, like um, Terminator vibe kind of going on where he's like sort of a robot, but um, not quite. And so that was interesting, too. So I thought he was pretty good as as the villain, though. He was a believable villain that he would be pretty evil.
1: I think so, too. And I haven't watched Luther. That's actually one of my like main shows to watch because um, I love like, uh, you know, true crime kind of situations and especially British television. But I think I could be wrong, but I think his character is kind of like that in that show where he's kind of like he's good, but he does some questionable things. Um, And I, I could be completely wrong. Stay tuned. I'll let you know. But I think that he is very good at portraying a villain or someone who's kind of in between. Like you're not really sure if he's good or he's bad.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And then another thing that I liked was I thought the action was pretty good in this. Doesn't have like as many huge action sequences as some of the other Fast and Furious movies. Also, these are called Fast and Furious. I know this one's called Hobbs and Shaw, but normally these have like (laughs) some car chases in them. This one only had like three real car chase scenes, and none of them were that long. So that was a little disappointment for me.
1: There's only two stunts I remember too. Like there was one that I thought, well, that would never happen, but where he was on the. Idris was on the motorcycle
0: and the car
1: slid under a semi and Idris Idris somehow was able able to hold on to the motorcycle, (laughs) slide through it while still holding on to the motorcycle, and then not only that, but Hulk himself up onto the seat of the motorcycle while it was moving without stopping. And I just thought, okay, not and believable. And then like two minutes later, he scene... crashes
0: into a double-decker bus yeah. and he's fine. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And the other scene I remember was that last, one of the last scenes or whatever, where they're on the cliff and it's like With four cars are attached to the helicopter. And I just thought, this isn't believable. But those are the two <laughs> stunts, if you will, that I definitely remember that involved cars and chases.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, so, and then you also thought that the virus idea was kind of interesting for, uh, yeah. you know, a plot.
1: Yeah, I did like it. I mean, I didn't expect this to be plot heavy, but, um, I would say at least without doing a deep dive or anything, I thought the plot made sense. Like I understood, I understood what the conflict was. I understood why it was there. And, um, I agree. I saw it cause you shared your notes with me earlier. I agree with one of your dislikes that you'll bring up about, Vanessa Kirby at the end and where she was when she was the one that was infected with this virus but minus that I think that the idea of the virus and it's worth so much money and all this stuff I can understand that and I thought that that plot made sense I wasn't I wasn't disappointed with the plot I guess is what I'm saying
0: yeah so I guess we'll move into like I just called this category observations where it's not really things <laughs> I liked yeah. or dislike it's just things that happen and I'm like why is that happening so let's talk I've, about it I've I got have some a bunch too. of these like quick hitters so first up Jason Statham they're in Samoa and he's in long sleeves for the end sweatpants for the entire part of the movie in Samoa at one point this is a joke made by The Rock like hey man you want to like it's 100 degrees out here you want to change out of that or something like that I forget what he <laughs> says but he does not and I'm just It's like, why did they keep him in sweatpants and a long sleeve shirt when it's, you know, 100 degrees in Samoa? It make any sense to me. So just change his outfit. I don't know. I get that you want him to have a look, but like, does he not wear short sleeve t-shirts? Is that, is that in his contract that he right, can't wear a can, short sleeve? You
1: can still look fly and British in Samoa and wear something different. Yeah. I just remember outfits. They
0: were like in the house talking to um, the rocks mom and his brothers and everything. And he's in like a track suit. And I'm like, you have <laughs> to be sweating. All these other people are in shorts, <laughs> basketball shorts and t-shirts. So I don't know why you have that on. Right. Um, so you know what I always wonder in yes. movies
1: too, how they, how people will be in places where there's excessive heat, but there's no pit stains. Yeah. Where i just is interesting. like, I like, I'm aware that wardrobe probably has eight of those shirts and then they just keep switching them out. But I'm like, that's not very realistic. And I know that would be distracting in a film. Like I, as a viewer would be like, Ooh, pit stains. But at the same time, <laughs> I think that's realistic. So when I see films where they're in a hot climate and no one's sweating, I just think, well, this is, th- this is yeah. off.
0: Didn't Brad Pitt have pit stains in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? In one scene?
1: Maybe. When he's working on the...
0: I think when he's working on the TV antenna. Oh, working on the roof. Yeah. You see his pit stains, so didn't cut True. about there. Good or... job.
1: Good job, uh, Tarantino.
0: <laughs> nice. Um, also, another thing that you and I both realized is there's lots of uh, below the belt jokes in this movie. So it's query oh, written Lord. for like a 14-year-old boy. So that's kind of their target audience for this. But yeah, I, there I was that... so many jokes about male body parts.
1: I know. And it's not like I didn't really roll my eye. I laughed at a couple because a couple, <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I wasn't expecting that. But Once I Once we got to like the, the
0: 20th one, I was like, right. okay. If we... I
1: i just put put a lot of bro jokes but it's a typical (laughs) bro movie like it's a bro buddy movie so they're gonna be like like male anatomy this is so funny yeah i think it's funny the first three times 13 times is not funny so no
0: um another observation i had uh on the island of samoa during one sequence it's sunny and then they go to fight um Brixton during the final kind of battle and it's thunderstorming like three minutes later which I guess could happen but I just thought that was weird to change the weather so drastically Oh my gosh!
1: did you notice are we talking about the same thing because what I noticed yes okay no I think we're talking about the exact same (laughs) thing I because it was dark
0: yeah yeah
1: yes and then I noticed the same thing I feel like usually you're the one that catches that I 100% caught that last night because I thought wait a minute wasn't it raining that would be like Game of Thrones like usually you would you would show the passage of time during a battle because sometimes they would do that. They would have a battle that started uh-huh. at night and it went until morning. Okay. But this was just like night and day. There was no in between. No, we so just weird.
0: we just went right from um, being on the island to the, you know, then this is kind of a little final battle sequence that it's raining and dark and pouring down rain. So that was yeah. weird. Um, Also, uh, one other observation. I said, how in the helicopter sequence does The Rock yell to somebody driving a car who's four cars away from his? He's like yelling up to the car that's in the front and his car's in the back. And he's like, just turn, hook them up or turn them together or whatever. And I'm like, you would not be able to hear him at all in that situation because there's a helicopter and four cars driving, all turbocharged. So I was like, why is he trying to yell to the driver? Now, yelling to Jason State. Them who was on the same car as him that made sense but like yelling to a guy that was three cars in front of his car i was just like that one you the guy, wouldn't be able to hear you just one right so i
1: just don't don't agree yeah
0: um another observation they're fake i don't know if you thought this was weird or not but like that scene where they're getting shocked and they're in those chairs yeah i thought their facial expressions while they were getting shocked was just <laughs> bad acting
1: I mean, I didn't think it was terrible, but yeah. any kind of torture like that, I just think a lot of people, even myself, I wouldn't know how to act that out.
0: I would leave. Because I would just
1: be like, this has never happened to me. I, don't, I haven't witnessed a lot of people in real duress and torture situations. So I, I agree with you. I just kind of think like, sometimes I don't even know why those scenes are in there because- or why they film them the way they do where you see the actor's face because yeah. there's just no way to really know what that feels like. And Statham
0: was a little better than that. The rock was just like seemed like he was just kind of overacting. Yeah. And then um, yeah. that was just just weird to me. So um also another thing I noticed you noticed when they go see Helen Mirren in prison, her oh outfit that she has on.
1: <laughs> she looked fabulous, though. <laughs> Helen Mirren, I mean, there's a reason she's a dame. She is I, I, she's just amazing for her age and everything. And I feel I've heard her talk in interviews, too. She does not care what age she is. She is just she's just stunning. But I loved I loved the choice that everything matched her nail polish, her lipstick, her jumpsuit. But I was also like, in what world, in what prison would this woman be allowed yeah. to look like this? It's also, just, when they yeah.
0: go back to the prison at the end of the movie, Hattie and um, Shaw, they take her a cake and it has they assume they're like kind of hinting at the fact that it has a file in it, but they just like slip it right underneath the, right. the thing. I'm like, that would right. never happen. Um, that would never happen. Well, another thing
1: that bothered me, I don't know if this bothered you, but so The Rock, when he went to Samoa to see his family, yeah. he talks about how he hadn't seen them in 25 years or something. <laughs> and they were all just like oh and they gave him they gave him trouble for about two minutes they were like we can't believe you left us and then they're like it's okay buddy come in here have some food yeah and and then (laughs) (laughs) excuse me sorry at the end He brings his daughter to meet her grandmother and uncles and everybody for the first time. And they're all just like, hey, little girl, which I'm sure a lot of family, they're not going to, it's not like they're going to treat her badly because her father chose to not communicate, but it was just bizarre. I was like, these people, this just, this situation isn't believable. It's cute. And yeah, we don't need it for the plot or anything, but it just was silly to me that they were just like, I mean, it's been 25 years. Okay. Come on in for dinner.
0: Yes, and that no I big. think the only reason they show them or his daughter, meaning his grandmother, at the end is because it goes back to that family tree thing that she's working on at the restaurant. Yeah, exactly. But like exactly. you don't really even need that in there. Like just weave that out, and it's not like it's important to the plot or anything. So agreed. I mean, just, I
1: thought that was fine. Just showing when they were panning out at the end, I thought that was fine. Yeah. But yeah, I I just thought that whole thing that to me was a little a little silly how forgiving and easily that family moved on.
0: Yes. So I think the biggest observations I should just bad writing logistics thing that made no sense to me so at near the end of the movie they set up this um, you know the Rock's brother gets the virus extractor thing fixed and they hook it up to Vanessa Kirby and they're like okay it's gonna take 30 minutes to extract this virus and Idris Elba and his gang of you know bad guys are coming so they hook it up to her and she has it you know on her wrist or whatever so it starts extracting the virus well then like two minutes later we see her in the middle of this battle with the virus thing on her back right. like like beating up somebody. I'm like, why is she even here? She should be 20 miles away. It's either right. the virus gets extracted or she has to die. So like, why would we put the chance of the virus getting extracted in danger. And then she like gets taken by Brixton on the helicopter, which makes sense. I mean, that's who they wanted. So then they take her to that other place and she almost gets, you know, falls out of the helicopter. And then they're that other battle and the guy's almost going to kill her. And I'm like, this could have all been avoided if you would have just sat back at the safe house and just, chilled out there for 30 minutes. I know that's not as exciting, but I'm like, no logical person would would have done that. I don't know. I just felt like that could be written a little bit better.
1: I think this is a perfect segue because my... I Well, I completely agree with you and I had several thoughts. First of all, <laughs> when they started the timer and it said 30 minutes, I thought, dear God, that means there's 30 minutes left of the film because they're going yes. to, to count it. Usually when they do a countdown like that in a movie, it's kind of telling you how much time yep. is left-ish. And I just thought there can't be, like, there's not even anything to do for 30 more minutes. Well, did you
0: notice earlier in the movie when they set the bomb on that, wherever, at um, Brixton's Compound or whatever? Uh-huh. They set uh-huh. it for 45 minutes. I timed it. It was 12 minutes in movie time. Ah! I'm like that, That no. these Like you said, I like when it, like, actually matches up or is kind of close. Yeah, you don't it- have to get it exactly, but if you're going to do a timer for 30 minutes, then I want it to be somewhere around 30 minutes. Just do it in real time. Right. Like, and then... Mich- the- Yeah, like Mission Impossible Fallout, which came out last year, they have a sequence at the end where they have to like dismantle these two like bombs and there's timers Uh on them. And those are pretty much like in real time, which is cool. But yeah, I was just like, why even set that for that long? But they're like, (laughs) yeah. She was, the guy was fixing it and they were like, we have 33 minutes until this uh, virus expires and it like basically infects the whole world. And how long does it take to extract? They're like, 30 minutes. They're like, we got to hook it up now. (laughs) Like, why would, why'd we wait so long?
1: (laughs) Well good job. Very calm. Good job timing it because I didn't even consider that but I I don't what, know how
0: long the final 30 minutes was. I didn't yeah. time that so. Well what it
1: leads me to is just I think my my biggest dislike or the most noticeable thing mm. to me besides little little plot points and stuff was just because I, I expect some bit of, I don't know if campiness, but just things not being realistic, like Helen Mirren looking that way. I'm like, well, you know, whatever, it's all in good fun. You know, of course a CIA agents never going to act like Ryan Reynolds did stuff like that. Yeah. But the (laughs) fact that this movie, it wasn't even like, um, gosh, I forget which one we reviewed that. I said it had like four false endings,
0: um, yeah. Rocketman, like maybe? This,
1: maybe, maybe that was it. I can't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think you're right, but I wasn't okay. upset about it. I was yeah. more just like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but I felt like this was just too long. And because to me, I thought, A lot of these movies, they're not going to make an hour and a half anymore because that's primarily just animated films are an hour and a half. And that's the way it is. So I didn't expect this to be an hour and a half. But I really don't think any film like this, like this kind of franchise, should be longer than two hours. I just don't think there's enough plot. I don't think there's a point. So honestly, when I saw it was two hours and 17 minutes when we were preparing our notes for today, I was like, yeah, to me it was 17 minutes too long
0: yeah, like I literally it felt I felt really like do think two hours they, and seventeen minutes.
1: yeah. I felt like they could have cut out seventeen minutes and I would have enjoyed it just as much, if not more. So that was really my main complaint is it it just really was too long.
0: Um, yeah, so some other just other these are now more like, I guess, official dislikes. But yeah. um, we already talked about Kevin Hart. Don't love him. But that's just more of a my personal grievance with him, not how he acts or anything like that. Um, I thought the dialogue just wasn't like as witty between Hobbs and Shaw as it needed to be. They were trying to go for some funny jokes there. And I thought some of them worked, but they could have done a bigger variety or some different ones or something like that. They didn't all have to be like. You know, male humor jokes. Basically, they could have just had a variety there and done some some better writing. Like I thought, Ryan Reynolds' jokes were were pretty good, but I thought between Hobbs and Shaw, they were just they could have, they just could have used a variety there. Yeah. And then um, only other dislike I had was that I just found Hobbs and Hattie's love storyline to be a little odd and then just a little bit cheesy, too. I don't know what you thought of that point. I didn't feel like we really needed it. Um, I would have been cool to see the female character just have to go without having a love story and just be a female character without the romantic side of things. But I guess we had to like throw that in there.
1: I completely agree with you. I must tell you, I'm holding in a sneeze. So if I abruptly sneeze, (laughs) please be warned. Um, (laughs) But I, uh, (laughs) I, I must say, like, I get what you're saying. I love your idea of just having your stand on her own. But I will say the moment they met, I was like, oh, an obvious love interest. That's exactly what's going to happen. And it did.
0: Yep. They gave each other those, you know, the eye glances and they're hanging out on that mountain and they kiss or whatever. So I get it. But still, it was like a little like it didn't need to be there. I don't think so. Um, Are you ready to give your grade for this one? I think that's all my my dislikes yeah. for this film.
1: I, I feel prepared. I hope I'm nice. But you go first this week because okay. I've i done it for the last few times. So I'm uh, anxious to hear
0: going to give Hobbs and Shaw a 74 out of 100. So not awful by any means. Um, Not the best movie I've seen this year. Kind of somewhere in the middle, probably in the the upper middle, I would say. Um, Enjoyed the action, thought the acting was pretty good, but there's just some like scripting things that they could have cleaned up and would have made more sense. And then um, like you said, I thought it was a little too long and we didn't really need it to be that long and there wasn't I thought the action was also reduced in this movie from some of the other Fast and Furious movies where they have multiple big action set pieces this one really just had like one Um so that was a little disappointing because that's why you come to see these movies but I'm going to go with a seven, 74 out of 100 for Hobbs and Shaw
1: I think that's completely fair and I actually I hope you'll be impressed with my score I said 82 on this one Okay, and I did that I looked at I always now I I've made it a habit to kind of look at my other scores and see where I've rated everything else that is my I think second lowest score that I've given okay the only reason I did that was I looked at some of the other ones around that range like Animal House I gave an 85 I don't think it's the greatest movie of all time but it's certainly a classic and known for its comedy and like there's some pretty stellar stuff in that and I just thought I wouldn't say this is something for the ages but it was exactly what I wanted when I went and it actually exceeded most of what I thought I was going to get out of it. But is it like a classic film I'm going to watch over and over? No. No. But is yeah. it an enjoyable enough film that I will watch it again if I watch the whole franchise? Yes.
0: Yeah. But I it think was so. 17
1: minutes too long for sure. Like you can quote me on that
0: understandable so yeah Yeah. I think I think what Alan Adams said like we said earlier he said Hobbs and Shaw is big and dumb yes but it's also undeniably entertaining even if you're not quite sure why any of this is happening but really is there a more (laughs) apt representation of the summer blockbuster and I think he's he's Right. right you know you go to these movies to be entertained and it comes out in the middle of the summer and they know when to release these movies so they come out not in the winter which would be weird but they come out in summer and they're kind of fun and they're just kind of, you know, movies to go check out for a couple hours and sit in air conditioning and and enjoy. So I think both those grades are reasonable that we gave uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Thank
1: you. Me too. So,
0: so you can listen to the Silver Screen Podcast a bunch of different ways. You can listen to us at Apple Podcasts. Be sure to um, subscribe and also give us a star rating if you do listen to there. Also on Spotify, uh, TuneIn, Stitcher, um, a lot of different places, Radio Public, you can listen there as well. Google Podcasts too. We're in, we're in all the podcast apps. Apps that you can listen to podcasts, and then you can also follow us on social media at Podcast Silver for Instagram and Twitter, and then just search the Silver Screen Podcast on Facebook. And we did a fan vote. We let you vote on what our next movie is going to be. We, we um, suggested a few and then took your ideas for back to school movies because back to school is coming up very soon for colleges, high schools. Most high schools have already started elementary schools and things. But Katie, would you like to share the results of what won our back to school film poll?
1: Yes. First of all, I had so much fun. I was checking every day. I hope people are not upset, but I must say we actually tied on Facebook. Okay. So it was 50-50. I think that Is that right? Or is it Twitter? I might have reversed them. Okay. I know that on one of I know that on one of those we tied. It was 50-50. Okay. We did get two requests for other films. Uh, people mentioned Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which would be great. Um, another one asked for Princess Bride, which is not okay. back to school, but I was like, oh, that is a good one. Like, that is a good I one. I people really liking that one. But um, ultimately, the winner was Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So I'm sure a lot of people have seen it, but I think it's actually going to be really fun to kind of delve a little deeper. And then I'm sure there's people, too. I hope there's people on this podcast who haven't seen it and might be really interested to hear our take. And I just think it's a great summer film and a great back to school film. So it'll be nice too to be able to watch that at home and not have to go to a theater too.
0: Yes, it will be. So one of my favorite movies, it's on my top 10 movies of all time. So for Ferris yep. Bueller's Day Off. So actually just went and saw it at the uh, Artcraft in Franklin, Indiana, which oh, is a very perfect. cool, like old timey historic theater. If you're ever in Franklin, Indiana, go check out a movie there. But I saw it there a couple weeks ago. So I'll probably watch it again before we review it just to, to pick up on some things and, you know, kind of look at it more like you said, like critically and a little deeper dive. But it's one of my favorites. And I think that'll be a fun episode, kind of talking about that, that John Hughes classic.
1: It's one of my favorites too. So I'm really excited. And I, I'm also, I was, I tried to, if I have a picture that like, you know, has something to do with the movie that we watch, I tried to post it and I dressed as Ferris for Halloween once. So I'm excited (laughs) to share that picture when we, when we actually post it, but I'm pumped and thank you all so much for voting. That was really fun. And I appreciate people who are actually paying attention and and responding and we still don't have trolls. So I guess that's something to be grateful for. I feel like at this point I'm begging for an argument, but I'm glad no one wants to argue with us. I
0: mean, I bashed Kevin Hart on this episode, so I'm sure somebody (laughs) will come after me. But yeah, thanks for responding. And um, August was just kind of a little bit of a slow month for big releases and theaters. So we thought we'd do maybe a throwback or a theme or something. So that was what you decided. So thanks for that. And then uh, thanks for listening to Hobbs and Shaw. And our next episode will be Ferris Bueller's Day Off.
1: Until next time, we'd like to thank the Academy.